At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast this is betting across america with mike Richard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the show. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard. I'm your host from Las Vegas. Your other host out in Boston is Josh Applebaum. Good afternoon, Josh. Good afternoon, Pritch. And hey, I know it's Tuesday, January 11th, but you know what it is? It's Mike Pritchard Day because, oh. Pritch, I want to give you the props <laughs> you deserve. Uh, you called Georgia to an absolute T. You were on them all year. You never uh, wavered off of them, and you had a great pick last night with Georgia. So uh, those of us who are on Alabama Plus 3, a lot of regrets today, Pritch. A wise man once said, uh, regrets, I have a few. And then looking back on that game, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll break into it and dive into it. Uh, also got to talk NFL playoffs for today, big college hoop slate. Can't wait to, uh, to talk to our buddy Greg Peter. But I'm looking back on it now, Pritch. I got, I just fell in love with all those, you know, Sabin plus money, dog trends, and uh, getting the key number of three. But if you really boil it down, why was the three seed favored over the one seed? Why was the public all over Alabama, yet the line always was moving toward Georgia? So uh, I feel kind of sheepish today. I should have been with <laughs> you on Georgia. I should have listened to my co-host, but my man, at least one of us cashed. Great call on Georgia last Thank night. Thank you so much, Josh. That was a wild ride all year long, to be honest with you, in college football. <laughs> I mean, Alabama, give a lot of credit to Nick Saban. He is a GOAT for a reason, uh, and he, was, he had that team prepared and well-coached. And, and I thought as that game unfolded in that first half, that that was going to be the case, that Alabama was going to outcoach Georgia. Georgia was doing so many things uh, incorrectly uh, in that first half. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so once the adjustment set in, for instance, I mean, the perimeter attack from Alabama, like how do you not understand that that's what they want to do? They, they want to get you from sideline to sideline. They want to neutralize the power that you have at the line of scrimmage. And yet Georgia was reluctant to adjust to it until the second half. They started clamping down on the perimeter, and, okay, Alabama started to feature the running game, but got away from it, too, which told me that they didn't prepare that way, as if the running game was going to propel them to victory. They were going to rely on Bryce Young. Uh, and so Georgia finally figured that out, uh, in addition to the injuries that happened, too, along the way. Uh, but then credit to the offensive coaches for Georgia, too, implementing the game plan that they needed, which was running the football, wide zones, the counters, all that stuff, all that variety to kind of take pressure off of Stetson Bennett, but he did rise to the occasion, though. A lot of credit to that walk-on player to have that kind of moment in that game to win a national championship. 
You're totally right, Pritch. So Stetson Bennett, this is a guy that I thought going into this game, the check mark would go to Bryce Young here. Uh, but we saw that Bennett, uh, you know, give him his credit. He played great. That pass where uh, he had the free play, he throws it deep down the sideline, a beautiful throw there. And really the mental fortitude of, you know, having that really tough mm -hmm. turnover uh, that, again, you, you know, I know there was a big controversy there, whether he was inbounds, whether it was a fumble or not. But being able to, you know, be mentally tough and rebound from that, I think they might have scored the very next possession there. So a couple things to me, Pritch. Number one, uh, live betting opportunity. When Jameson uh, Williams goes down there, uh, that really opened up an opportunity to maybe live line Georgia, sure. uh, you know, missing your, your one of your best wide receivers and down Mechie as well. So it really put a lot on the shoulders of Bryce Young. Uh, also, if you're a Bama backer like me last night, all those trips to the red zones, red zone where you're settling for three. I mean, you punch this in, you turn threes into sevens. That was a big part of the game. And then I think, you know, Nick Saban kind of told you it was kind of cool, Pritch, when they were shaking hands there at the end, you could kind of hear everything Saban was saying uh, <laughs> to, uh, to Kirby Smart. And the biggest thing I heard was he said, you guys kicked our butt in the fourth quarter. So uh, what, whether that was motivational, whether they were, I think they, uh, they were really upset that they were, uh, people were saying that they weren't conditioned very well and they'd mm -hmm. fade in the fourth quarter. But Pritch, that looked like a team that was uh, Georgia completely fresh in the fourth quarter versus a team like Alabama, who was really, you know, uh, suck and win there. So uh, to me, that late move. Uh, and again, in terms of just the betting perspective, one thing I noticed Pritch was uh, pretty much all day when we did our show, it was two and a half or three and all the threes were juiced up back toward Bama. But if you paid attention to the juice and this is what really got me worried on Bama is that it evened out. It closed pretty much minus three Georgia at minus 110. So it wasn't always juiced toward Bama. It evened out toward Georgia. So again, if you were brave enough to fade that trendy dog, braver than me, great hit by everyone, especially you, Pritch. Georgia really deserved that win last night. Okay, let's see if Georgia uh, can turn into Alabama and go on a roll here for national championships because we got futures already. It's never too soon for futures 2023 uh, college football national championship. Alabama leaves away plus 200. Uh, then you got Georgia plus 200. Uh, then Ohio State and Clemson. So if you go to this website, um, Josh, 247sports.com, you can see the recruiting rankings right there in front of you. Guess who's one, two, and three in the recruiting rankings? Actually, one, two, three, four uh, for 2021. It's Bama, Georgia, oh. Ohio State, and Clemson. Uh, the same thing as this odds board right now for 2023. Yeah, I was going to say, trick question there, uh, Catch-22. Yeah, again, that's obviously going to be uh, having to retool and a lot of these big-name schools obviously losing guys to the NFL. But my question would be, Pritch, you know, what's your outlook on Georgia? You've been the Georgia mm -hmm. whisperer. Pritch, I've been working with you two years. You called Aaron Rodgers MVP before anyone else, and you're on Georgia from the start. So tell me next year, plus 200, who's going to be the quarterback? Can they repeat? What's their recruiting look like? Or Bama with Bryce Young coming back, plus 200. Any thoughts early on these numbers? And can Georgia do it again next year? Well, the last three years of recruiting has been one, two, or three for Georgia. So, yeah, absolutely. They can be in the same situation. Ohio State is recruiting very well, and they got the quarterback. Uh, I mean, good Lord. Stroud is going to be unbelievable next year. So will Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young could perhaps be the best quarterback in Alabama history right now. I looked it up, too. I was curious about that. Uh, you know, you, you know, look at Joe Willie Namath, right, uh, as number one all-time from Bama. He's number three behind, well, two was in front of him. And then A.J. McCarron, they got A.J. McCarron as the best quarterback from Alabama. I cannot believe that. Um, so, uh, you know, check. Maybe there's other sources I should check <laughs> other than this one because I, I cannot believe A.J. McCarron is the top quarterback. But uh, Bryce Young is there. You know, Clemson is going to be intriguing with all the changes going on. LSU. LSU is 80 to one here. Now, I don't think they're going to win a national championship uh, next year, but you got that coach with that type of recruiting uh, going on at LSU the last several years, too. So uh, who knows? The transfer portal uh, is the X factor, the wild card, though, too, Josh, that could change everything. 
Yeah, it really is. And again, a lot of unknowns here, a lot of moving parts, transfer portal, who will stay, who will go. Mm -hmm. uh, recruiting, obviously, is something you really want to focus on, a lot of sharps focus on. Uh, I remember when we did at the beginning of the year, Bruce Marshall and some other guys that jumped on, they'd really look at, you know, returning, I think he said at least 12 starters combined both sides of the ball uh, and a returning coach and a returning quarterback. So that's the, really stability uh, can really benefit you. And Pritch, I'd be wondering USC 35 to one. I know, uh, you know, you get your big coach going out there out West, but uh, could they be worth a look here if they're going to really bounce up and, you know, see a Pac-12 team uh, emerge 35 to one kind of seems intriguing to me. Absolutely. Let's move on to the National Football League because we got the playoffs. And uh, what I've done for our audience, Josh, and what we're going to continue to do uh, with the help of Ben Wilson, our producer, is come up with scouting reports to help out our betters. Uh, and then combining that with the market insights that you provide, I think we can cash some tickets here uh, moving forward. How about that? Uh, so let's start with the Raiders. Um, from a scouting report standpoint, when I mean scouting report, this is, this is something that we routinely did every week. Uh, we receive our scouting reports and uh, we would go through it and look at tendencies and everything like that. All the data that normally we look through and search through uh, as betters. Well, here I'm going to do a condensed version uh, from uh, a player's perspective here on these teams. So strengths for the Raiders. Obviously the pass rush, Max Crosby is un unbelievable. Uh, but Unique Ngakwe, uh, Perryman, uh, they're just a violent bunch up front. Uh, and that's helped the Raiders the last four games, in fact, uh, down the straight stretch here. The weakness is, even with that pass rush, they cannot take the football away. They're 30th in the National Football League. And you're going to be playing a team that wants to throw the football uh, and certainly try to light up the scoreboard and make big plays. So I think it's essential that the Raiders work on that if they can. I know Gus Bradley's been preaching and coaching the players to take the ball away, but they just can't do it this year. And then the X factor, I don't know if you knew this, Derek Carr has six game-winning drives. He's ranked second in the National Football League. Any guess as to who's ranked number one? But I think that's a great X factor right there for the Raiders. Ooh, I don't know, Pritch. Who do you got there? Tom Brady, Rodgers, you know, Burrow? Who, who are we looking at there with that top spot? It's Big Ben Roethlisberger. That's why they're in the playoffs, kind of. I mean, they backed <laughs> in there, but he's got six. He's got seven. I think he's got seven. Uh, but here you got Derek Carr, the X-Factor, though, uh, a guy who embraces that moment. Six game-winning drives. So if you're looking at totals in this matchup, if you're looking at the spread even, as the line has dropped here uh, with the Bengals and the Raiders, that gets interesting to me. It really does, Pritch, and I love this exercise because we're really leaning on your football knowledge and your scouting report, and then we're going to apply it here to the betting market. And if we can kind of find, to me, the sweet spot of an intersection with, you know, scouting report favoring Team A, but also maybe sharp movement toward Team A, that's kind of what we're looking at here. So I really like the Raiders. This is the most meaningful move, uh, I think, of the wild card uh, weekend here, Pritch. We were doing the show yesterday. We saw a little movement to Vegas. You know, a lot of books open plus six and a half down to six, and I got a little greedy. I'm saying, hey, let me walk the tightrope. Does it get back to six and a half? Do you have a lot of love for Burrow as we get closer to game time and you can get that hook again. Uh, but I'm actually glad I jumped on the six because uh, I saw a ton of juice and a big move today down to five and a half. That's mm -hmm. huge, Bridge. Uh, these markets are so efficient when you get to the playoffs because there's so much data that the odds makers can apply into their models and algorithms and formulas. And the fact that you're really now a full point off the opener, six and a half down to five and a half. I love this movement to the Raiders. They're kind of in the spot, you know, that they've been really, uh, you know, really enjoying here, I guess, recently as a dog, people kind of not giving them any credit. They They've overcome a lot of adversity this year. They've won four and zero to uh, won four straight to end the end the regular season, and they've cashed as dogs, winning outright, going to the Colts and winning outright. You know that Chargers game, one of the most insane games for many different reasons that I've seen in a long time. 
But I think they're comfortable in this spot where no one believes in us, and now you're getting a line move in their favor. Pritch, some of my favorite systems involve dogs with line moves in their favor when you get to the playoffs. Very simple, but in this spot, the line moves at least a half point toward the dog. Over the last decade, those teams are 28-8 and eight against the spread, 78%. That's a huge uh, cover rate there. You also look at a system we mentioned yesterday, dog who missed the, uh, or a dog playing a team who missed the playoffs last year. That's 67% the last decade. Mm-hmm. I like the Raiders plus the points here. I If you missed the six, maybe you wait, see if it gets back to six. But this move down to five and a half today is really meaningful. I see some sharp money here hitting the Raiders plus the points. Yeah, absolutely. I think it gets very interesting, too, because you think about the flaws, too, for the Raiders and the Bengals, you know, 37%. Th- uh, for the Raiders, uh, third down conversion percentage. Same thing with the uh, the Bengals, uh, 39%. But that's elevated the last three games for both teams. Uh, and it shows because you got both teams getting hot at the right time entering the playoffs. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this bet your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game, and the upcoming Big Game College Hoops betting guide, all for just $69. vcin.com slash big deal. Coming up next, Hoops Peterson. We are going to get to college basketball. That's next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is betting across america with mike pritchard and josh applebaum Everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID, open an account, and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel that you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. And so is our next guest, Greg Hoops-Peterson, uh, host of Sends the Greg Peterson Experience. Also, Coast to Coast Hoops podcast, which is outstanding. Does a great job as well. I just talked to Greg last night. Uh, on the, uh, the the look ahead on the show here on Vston. So, Greg, how are you? Did you get any sleep? Oh, we got like 35 minutes or so. <laughs> so that's more than enough for me. Great to join you guys. Thank you. Great to have you as well. So, college hoops. Uh, I want to ask you this question: Thoughts on conference play moving forward? Because 
you know, we had all the news about COVID and, you know, shutdowns or, or delays. Uh, how are you approaching betting conference play uh, with all this COVID news? I do think that there's going to be a little bit more of a premium just on home court advantage in general, but I think it's going to need to be a little bit more situational because we are seeing now due to everything that's happening with COVID that there have been a couple campuses, there have been a couple local jurisdictions that have allowed for once again, no fans like we wound up seeing last year. And I think that this is really important when you wind up taking a look at some of these elements, taking a look at some of these places in which it's just completely packed, it's completely crazy. And then you've got other environments in which it's just completely dead as well. So I think that that's going to be something very important to take a look at. And I think that we're going to see a nice run on unders as well, because typically when you wind up hitting conference play, you wind up seeing teams tighten up a little bit. But this has been very contrary to that over the last seven days. Last seven days, we've seen 60 and a half percent of college basketball games go over with home underdogs hitting at less than a 40% clip. Josh, you know this. Typically in college basketball, it's a complete and utter opposite. So I am getting ready for a big run on both of those. Greg, you hit the nail on the head. And by the way, it's great to see you. Uh, I'm really a guy who leans on a lot of these unders. I would say, you know, I've really kind of changed the way I look at college basketball. I bet a lot of totals. To me, they're just super erratic. You'd have a lot of sharp money under and fly over. Kind of a weird start in terms of totals. I've been leaning a lot more on spreads and, you know, short home favorite money lines. But let's get into one game, Greg. Uh, one I wanted to hit on with you, big SEC showdown. Nine o'clock, two ranked teams, Auburn and Alabama. What jumped out to me is uh, Auburn's ranked fourth. Alabama is ranked 24th. And the public is saying, Auburn, the fourth-ranked team in the nation, you've won 11 straight. Why on earth are you getting points here? It's almost kind of the reverse of the championship game last night. Public's grabbing the points, Auburn. But you look at Alabama, the line is moving to Alabama. At some shops, they open, you know, minus one, one and a half. Now they're up to minus three. Greg, how do you uh, see this, this game here? And do you see a spot here to maybe buy low on Alabama? It seems fishy. I'd want to be on that fishy Crimson, Crimson Tide side. I liked Alabama when they were on the open of more around one and a half to two. Now that we've went to a full three, I can't advocate for Alabama. I want to say my line at two and a half. So at the one and a half to two, I actually thought you were getting relatively solid value because when it comes to Alabama, you mentioned it, home court advantage. You've got a big rivalry, pretty much the iron bowl out there on the hardwood. But I do think that Auburn is overall the better team. And Auburn is a more known commodity because Alabama has been one of the most erratic teams in all of college basketball. This is a team that they've already lost to Memphis this year. They took one of the most befuddling losses of the season on Saturday, giving up 91 points of a Missouri team that has no business scoring 91 points on anyone. <laughs> but with Alabama as well, this is a team that they looked relatively solid towards the back half of that multi-team event out there in Orlando after taking that Iona loss. They wound up going on the road and knocking off Florida. So very much an up and down team here at the three. Now that you've wound up seeing a little bit of line move, now would be a little bit more of a buy point on Auburn for me. Greg Hoops Peterson joins us here on the program, a uh, host of Easton's The Greg Peterson uh, Experience. Uh, you have to follow him on Twitter too at gunit underscore eighty one. Uh, Greg, I want to ask you about this next matchup: is Iowa State and Kansas. Okay, I remember last year Kansas tinkering uh, all the way up until the tournament, really, uh, and now you got Iowa State with T.J. Alselberger, who used to be here in town at uh, UNLV. I don't know what type of program he's going to have immediately, but is there a chance he can get inside this number? Kansas uh, laying 12 and a half in the game. 
For those of you guys who picked up the New York Post this morning, you want to see me giving out the points with Iowa State. And now you're actually getting a better number. This is a number that opened up 12, went to right around 11 to 11 half overnight. Now you're seeing between 13 to 13 and a half, depending on where you shop. And I like Iowa State to be able to cover this number for Kansas with regards to points on a 100 possession basis basis. They've been 12 points worse in their last three games, really ever since conference play has began. And then you take a look at Iowa State, their forte is defense. Fifth in the country in points allowed on a per possession basis, top 10 in the country in terms of steals forced on a per possession basis. Iowa State also has a guy that I really like in Isaiah Brockington, giving you 16 points, seven rebounds, shooting 40% from three in Kansas. Seems like a team that has become a little bit more stagnant on offense. They're doing a better job on the glass, but I like this Iowa State team to be able to cover. They really, other than that Oklahoma game, have been able to do a solid job in all these spots. And they've already got three true wins away from the state of Iowa. And I think that they're going to be able to hang within single digits here. So I like the points. Greg, let's go to a Big 12 matchup here, uh, looking at Oklahoma State and West Virginia. This has been kind of interesting because it looks like the public really likes grabbing the points here with Oklahoma State coming off uh, a big win here, whereas West Virginia, uh, you know, coming off, uh, you know, decent stretch recently. But uh, you look at this line move, it opened West Virginia laying around three and a half. It's down to three. It looks like it may get down to two and a half. You do have some system matches here, road conference dog. But my question would be, you know, is it a good spot to now buy low on West Virginia? And also, Greg, uh, how, do you ever look at money line plays? Like, you know, if you're on, you're on a short phase, instead of laying the three you go money line uh, minus 150 what's your take on uh, country roads and OK state tonight well when it comes to the money line typically i'd like to actually take money line underdogs try to reduce the juice try to cut into the 51.3 slash ish percent that you need to be able to break even because when you wind up taking more of like a minus 140 to a minus 150 there's just a much higher point that you need to hit in order to be able to break even so i actually look at the contrary i look at trying to be able to take money line underdogs rather than money line favorites. So in a spot like this, I would be willing to lay the points before I'd be willing to take a money line. And when it comes to this spot, I actually do like West Virginia here. West Virginia is a team that I want to setting more around a six point favorite. So at the three, I do like this spot. You've got a Oklahoma state team that has been turned the ball over right around 15 times per game. They play very fast, but they play very inefficiently. They shoot sub 68% the free line. They shoot below 30% from three-point range. And for West Virginia, they were dealing with some health and safety protocols. All these guys like Taz Sherman and company, they are all going to be back for this team. So I do think that West Virginia should be able to get the job done here. I'm willing to lay, honestly, up to six with them. So here at three, I think you got good value. Uh, how about that? Hoops, help me out with the Pac-12 because I am tree. I want to make some money from this conference. Uh, I mean, UCLA, there you go. Uh, SC, there you go. Arizona. After all the controversy with that program, Arizona uh, back in the top 10. Uh, it, it's incredible what's happening in this conference right now. But SC uh, is taking on Stanford here. Uh, I'm curious about your thoughts on that conference right now and also SC uh, laying six and a half against Stanford. Well, I do think that UCLA and USC have proven themselves to be relatively solid teams at Arizona. I've got Arizona number one in that conference and then the Two schools out there in Los Angeles. I think they're pretty much fighting for two and three at this point. When it comes to USC, I just want to see a little bit more from them. Okay. I'm going to be taking the points in the spot with Stanford just because in a line like six and a half, free throw shooting is paramount. USC is shooting 60% from the free throw line this mm -hmm. year. 
I cannot believe that a team that is this good is shooting 60% from the free throw line. Now, Isaiah Mobley honestly deserves player of the year recognition. He is shooting darn near 40% from distance. Guy that's able to give you 18 points, right around 10 rebounds, three blocks per game. He has been dominant down low. But when I looked at Stanford in their multi-team event in in Hawaii. They actually looked relatively solid. Brandon Angel's been able to come on, hit some threes, and Harrison Ingram is the guy that's going to be playing in the NBA. 13 points, six half rebounds, relatively solid three-point shooter. Sanford in general, able to hit the outside shot. Having the lay six half on the road with a USC team that is terrible at the free throw line is something I want no part of. Greg, only got a minute here, but wondering if you have any futures tickets here. Looking, I know it's early again, a lot to lot to be played out, but to cut down the nets, what's intriguing to me is is Baylor in a good value spot. They're plus a thousand right now, uh, number one team in, in the country. Obviously, Ken Palm has them as number one rated team, but they have uh, worse odds than you know Gonzaga, Duke, Purdue, all around plus six hundred, plus eight hundred. So, what do you think, Greg? Is Baylor worth a flyer at you know uh, plus a thousand here? Can they repeat as champions? It's a little bit stunning that Baylor is outside right now the top three with regards to odds to be able to win the national championship. I personally do not have any futures on this, but I'm with you. I think that you get a relatively solid future spot with them. Also, Kentucky at 22 to 1 if you're looking for something. I think they provide a little bit of value as well. Greg, just awesome information as always. Thanks a lot for your time today. That was awesome. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you. Our pleasure as well. Greg Hoops Peterson. Follow him on Twitter at GUnit underscore 81. Uh, we return to the NFL with some more scouting reports on the playoffs. It's coming up next right here on Descent, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on Descent, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of Betting Across America is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Winter Green, Citrus, and many more. Each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, which is America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head over to zen.com find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine, Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum. So, Josh, we return to the scouting reports for the Bengals. Uh, you know, I was mentioning the key components of Super Bowl winning coaches that conveyed to us as players what was essential for us to reach the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. And yesterday I outlined three categories, certainly points, red zone efficiency, uh, third down efficiency, but then turnover differential. That's preached on both sides of the ball, inside the building, if you will. You know, if you look at the Bengals, they kind of switch the, the, the script here. They were, they were a Joe Mixon first kind of team, uh, and it still led to a lot of sacks. But then they are a Joe Burrow team now, and it's led to explosiveness. It's led to these players that are all under 25 years old putting up significant numbers, meaning the prime years of your career, right there, and you're right there in that window, and they're getting maximum production from these guys uh, because they flipped the switch a little bit. They flipped the script. So Joe Burrow first. Now, that still led to a lot of sacks. 55 sacks this year, even though this team put up a lot of numbers, put up a lot of yards, a lot of production offensively. So 
the strengths, I, I love the strengths, but the weakness right there, the inconsistent offensive line all year long, uh, I wonder if that comes back to haunt them in the playoffs. That's kind of what I'm thinking too, Pritch. And again, we kind of go back to the draft time when everyone was like, hey, you got to draft, draft Penny Sewell to protect Burrow. What do they do? They go with Chase. And I think they got that one right, Pritch. Maybe you devote uh, your next few drafts to offensive linemen. But I like the direction of this team moving forward. My one question is, uh, are they too young? Is it your first time in these big games? You you really don't have any experience here in general. And I did notice one thing, Pritch. You know, you and I were talking Zach Taylor, coach of the year, who kind of, uh, I think last week was tied with LaFleur. Uh, I'm looking at new odds where I don't know if he's going to get it now you have a lot of steam here toward mike vrabel to win coach of the year okay. saw one book now vrabel is minus 200 so that's a separate betting topic in general mm -hmm. but um, when you start talking about you know being an explosive team and you know running the ball mixing a lot you chew up the clock when you throw it now and you have this great passing offense definitely benefits the over my brain got to thinking about the total in this game pritch we did see it go up a little bit some of these books open around 48 and a half you're up to 49 i see a 49 and a half out there a couple things to like if you want to bet this over and again i pick my spots with totals i tend to lean unders more when you look at these uh you know these playoff games just because sometimes weather's involved and obviously no one wants to make a mistake but you do have some reasons to maybe like the over. Number one, at BetMGM, the over is getting 89% of bets and 86% of money. So I know it's early, but a lot of money is pouring in here on the over. It did rise. You also look at uh, Jerome Boger, who's going to be the ref for this game, Pritch. He's one of the best over refs in the NFL, 59% mm -hmm. to the over in his career. The other one is um, wind shouldn't really be a factor. I don't think you're going to get uh, any snow or anything like that, but it's going to be very cold. It's going to be about uh, 25 degrees there at Paul Brown Stadium. And there's a system here, cold overs. And Pritch, you know this, you played in a lot of big games, you know, indoors, outdoors, but the public always feels like when it's cold, it's got to be an under. But really in these cold weather games, 30 degrees or less, you see the over cash about 57% of the time. So Pritch, what do you think? Can we get an over here or is it Hey, a lot of good things to like the over, but it's a playoff game still, and sometimes these unders do come through. No, I think we could get an over. I think you outlined something perfectly. You're going to stay true to your identity, and if you look at the Raiders, they want to press the football down the field. They want to stretch the football field. They want to uh, implement a vertical passing game. Darren Waller made an appearance. Uh, he's going to be impactful, uh, certainly when he's healthy. And then just that young talent uh, at under 25 years old, the production level for the Bengals, why would you put on the brakes <laughs> if you're Zach Taylor, <laughs> right? Why would you put on the brakes? I mean, play true to your identity. I know you gave up 55 sacks, but this isn't the time to worry about that. Let the players kind of overcome those situations. So uh, I, I think the over could be a play here at 49. I mean, uh, who knows if it's going to rise anymore, but uh, I'm looking at that spread come down to now laying five and a half at home. It just gets interesting. One of the things I want to highlight what you said, though, about these young players being young and, and maybe this moment might be too big for them. I remember my rookie year, we went to the playoffs and we played the Saints uh, in the Superdome, uh, the Dome Patrol. I mean, we were up against it, but yet we got that win uh, because we had so much young talent, though, on the team. And, you know, get all that energy, Josh. You got all that confidence, too. So that's what I'm highlighting with the Bengals. I think this young group of players, they have a lot of confidence. They're saying all the right things. They're not going out in the streets. They're not getting COVID. Uh, but they just have a lot of production from this young football team, this young core. Yeah, you're totally right. And again, it's one of those things, Pritch, you know, there's a debate of like, you know, one hand, you haven't been there is the bright or the lights too big. The other hand is 
young and dumb. When you're young and dumb, <laughs> you don't really like know right? where you are. You don't really feel the pressure. Maybe that could be a benefit to Cincy. But uh, to me, definitely lean lean that over with a lot of things you mentioned with the ref, with the cold weather over. But I love this move to the Raiders. I'll go back to it. I love that six and a half down to five and a half. It's very a lot of these lines don't move a lot in the playoffs, mm-hmm. Pritch. They're a very efficient market. You have a full point move to the Raiders. That's a pretty good sign of sharp money hitting Vegas plus the points. Yeah, and real quick, young and dumb. Okay, this team was the second least penalized team, Josh. They're disciplined. <laughs> I don't know about I know don't know about being dumb. I mean, like like they're disciplined when the Packers, right? When the Packers are the least penalized team and the Bengals are the second least penalized team, uh, this is a mature group for being so young. Yeah, and you got to credit, obviously, the head coach there for kind of setting that culture, right. but also pitched that over. We saw what Herbert did against that, uh, you know, that pass defense mm-hmm. of the Raiders on that Sunday night game. Maybe you're thinking with an over here, both teams get what they want on offense. Uh, the more I think about it, that over looks intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. No takeaways back there for that Raiders secondary. Okay, let's get to the, <laughs> to the Patriots um, right down the road from you. Belichick, uh, the strengths for this team, obviously, this is a secret sauce. I think people know this, though. Uh, Belichick and his team and the versatility because – as an opponent, you never know what you have to prepare for. So you're, you're lining up, you're ready to play the Patriots, a rematch, you're, you're highly familiar with this football team, all of a sudden they could run a completely different defense. And you're like, okay, what's going on? And so all game long, you're making adjustments on the sideline. Uh, same thing, you prepare for an offense. Um, now this is with Brady, of course. And then it's a completely different offense. And okay, now what do you got to do? You got to make up stuff on the sideline. And so that's been a secret sauce for Belichick. It's been brilliant with it he's been brilliant with it it's worked now can he make that work with Mac Jones though because I think the weakness uh, is Mac Jones limited offensive playbook but yet I look at his experience Josh and and maybe his experience now neutralizes that Mac Jones uh, as a rookie was fifth all time in terms of passing yards you had Andrew Luck, you had Justin Herbert, rookie of the year last year you had Cam Newton Jameis Winston uh, and then Mac Jones I, I, I never would have guessed that he's fifth all time as a rookie quarterback in passing yards. Yeah, what's kind of ironic, Pritch, is if you listen to talk radio in Boston, which I do pretty much every day, uh, they're really down on Mac Jones. He hasn't played well down the stretch, really long season. He added the QB competition early against Cam Newton. Did he hit the rookie wall? So people are down on Jones. But when you look at his numbers, he actually had, as you mentioned, one of the best rookie <laughs> right. seasons ever. So it's just kind of funny where, like, the stats are telling you one thing, where the recency bias as a fan is telling you another. So when I look at this game, Pritch, Believe it or not, I actually like the Patriots in this spot, not just because I'm a Pats fan, but this kind of matches a couple systems I really like. Number one, recency bias. Patriots really struggled down the stretch. They went one and three. They did not play their best football. They could have had the one seed. They really crumbled down the stretch versus the Bills, who have won four straight. So just from the standpoint of Bills playing well, Patriots not playing well, that's our ultimate buy-low, sell-high on New England. But also, the Bills actually open at some shops laying four and a half. Mm -hmm. Really quiet move down to four. That's meaningful because the public recency bias-minded, they want to sweat the Bills who played well. They want to bet against the Patriots. Uh, And yet, despite a majority of bets on the Bills, that four and a half fell down to four. So that shows you some reverse line movement on New England here. And Pritch, it's very rare that you play uh, a team in your division three times in a year. Obviously, in the playoffs, having uh, a lot of uh, familiarity on both sides of the ball. If you look at playoff divisional dogs the last decade, it doesn't happen. It doesn't come around too often. But those divisional dogs in the playoffs, nine and four against the spread, 69%. So that would match with New England. You're also looking at a dog with a really low total. Anytime you're on a dog, I want that low total. Really anything, you know, 45 or less, 40, 44 or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, lower scoring game makes it harder for the favorite to cover. So this is one of those gross ones where, as a fan, I don't like what I'm seeing from New England. But from a betting perspective, 
the value and line movement is going in their favor. So maybe it's a three-point game. I don't know if they win, but I like grabbing the points here. I just wish I jumped on the hook before it fell to four. Yeah, how about that total, though? 43 uh, and a half uh, in this football game. I know it's going to be cold, uh, Josh, but it, I don't know how windy it's going to be up there in Buffalo for this game. But uh, you look at these two teams, too. What Buffalo averaged 28 points a game and New England averaged 27 points a game. But yet the total is at 43 and a half. Yeah, and we all remember that windy game where, hey, uh, points were at a premium here. But mm-hmm. then that second rematch, obviously, the, the Bills rolled against the Patriots. So really hasn't had much movement, Pritch. You know, if anything, it did maybe dip a little bit, 43 and a half. I do see a couple books at 43. You know, I see a 42 and a half. So it does look like maybe a little smart money hitting this under. Uh, and, of course, we talk about Bills Mafia. Always check the weather. It's going to be freezing. I think the I'm looking at a forecast right now, five degrees uh, in Bills, uh, Bills Mafia Stadium. Uh, but no wind. So, no again, wind. not really much there in terms of wind. You can put on a you can sit on the, the heated benches. You, you can be all right for 60 minutes. Uh, five degrees, so what, right? But I yeah, just total... don't don't light yourself on fire, Prince, when you're breaking the table <laughs> when, you're, when, you're, right. when you're tailgating there. Yeah, that total <laughs> is intriguing to me right there. I, the way that Belichick can change his spots is interesting. Uh, the Bills coming up next in the playbook. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Bet on more than the final score with One Game Parlay at BetMGM. One Game Parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log in to your account at BetMGM and create your best parlay before the game starts. If you are new to BetMGM, then sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with bonus code VSIN1000. You can place one game parlay bets on football, basketball, and more, plus earn M life rewards that you can redeem for room nights and dining at any MGM resort nationwide. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Uh, all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. 1-800-GAMBLER if you feel that you have a gambling problem. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or Mississippi. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum. So, Josh, the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia. Um, it's incredible. So, those three stats that I outlined, points scored, uh, Buffalo's in the top three. Third down efficiency, Buffalo's in the top three. Turnover differential, they're in the top seven. They're number seven. On top of that, their strength. Josh Allen accounted for 5,100 yards uh, from scrimmage, rushing and passing. 
74% of the team's TDs. <laughs> Josh. Josh Allen had, he had, how many touchdowns did he have? Uh, it's like 50, no, 42 or 43 touchdowns or something like that. Uh, and the Bills scored a total of 57 touchdowns this year. So there you go. Production from Josh Allen. The weakness is obviously the wide receiver production opposite of Diggs. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is banged up. Beasley, who knows where his head's going to be at. Uh, and then Davis, he needs to stay healthy for sure. And Isaiah McKenzie, I mean, he's a, he's a gadget guy. So the production op- opposite of Diggs, I'm worried about Knox, the tight end. He's got to be the wild card, uh, the X factor here, because he's been a weapon in the red zone, six red zone touchdowns this season. So he has to continue that role for the Buffalo Bills through the playoffs. He really does, Pritch. And again, this is a team that a lot of people were super high on going into the year, started off well. Then you had some really perplexing losses, like to the Jaguars. Then you get your mojo to end the year with a bunch of wins uh, in a row here. So obviously, I think it all rests on Allen, really not breaking any news there. But I think if you're looking at maybe a futures opportunity, I think Buffalo uh, plus 350 to win the AFC could have some value, Pritch. You expect them to get past New England. I like grabbing the points here with the Patriots. Uh, But again, if you have Allen on one side and a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, on the other, yeah, you also have Belichick. But uh, from a just a who will win in advance standpoint, you like your chances with Bills Mafia at home here again after you just waxed New England a couple uh, you know a couple weeks ago. Uh, but plus 350, I could see a situation where you know if you play the Titans or you have to go to Arrowhead, uh, you know those could be uh, you know pretty short spread numbers. Maybe you're a three point dog in some of those games if you're Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But either if you, you get there or you can create a hedging opportunity, I think Buffalo at plus 350 could have value to win the AFC. The 750 to win the Super Bowl, I'm skeptical of that just because. To me, Pritch, it's going to be hard to get past the Chiefs. And then you got to play whether it's the Packers or the Bucks or maybe someone we're not expecting. Also, if you look at correlative betting, we're seeing this total fall here. So I know I'm kind of looking at both sides of it, but uh, if you're a Buffalo Bills team, I think a high-scoring game benefits you. If it's really low, I think that's playing to the Patriots' advantage. That's maybe why you're seeing kind of the total fall a right. little bit and this line going to New England. See, here. that's the thing about that total. That's why it stands out to me because it's at 43.5 right now. And both teams, I mean, 28 points a game for Buffalo, 27 points a game. Uh, for New England, third time around. And, and what I just outlined from a scouting report. So if you're in a coach's meeting uh, and you walk in the door and Bill Belichick sit in front of you and, and you just lay out to him that Josh Allen accounts for 74% of teams' touchdowns, uh, <laughs> 5,100 yards from, from scrimmage, what are you going to try to stop, right? And uh, can you come up with a plan? So from a betting standpoint, Josh, the bet that Bill Belichick and his staff can come up with a plan to not stop Josh Allen, but at least neutralize them to give themselves a chance of winning this game. Yeah, you're totally right. And again, if that's your ticket and trying to stop Josh Allen, to me, it just becomes with all this familiarity execution. So are you going to be, uh, again, that last game they played the Patriots where Allen got whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you kind of know what to expect. And maybe Kyle Duggar is kind of a, uh, you know, a spy on him. Also, I would say one injury to monitor with the Patriots, Christian Barmore, their uh, second round pick from Alabama. He hurt his leg uh, that end of the game against Miami. Will he be okay? Will he be able to play? Uh, if he's out, that does leave a hole kind of in the middle of the defense for New England. Uh, but you're totally right, Pritch. To me, with so many of these so much familiarity and the third time around playing each other like we'll get to it throughout the week but the Arizona Cardinals are kind of in the same spot as the Patriots where you're a divisional dog you're on the road you're both getting four points and the lines either stay the same or move toward you so in these divisional matchups it's just hard for me to lay the points with a favorite uh, but I would say if it 
comes down to ex- execution, mm-hmm. throw away the spread, just who's going to win the game. I would have more faith in Allen than you would Mac Jones. But again, I think uh, we're looking at the spread. Yeah. To me, the line's going to the Patriots. But you kind of like, if you're picking quarterbacks, you're obviously going Allen. Sure, sure, absolutely. I think the tendencies could hurt Josh Allen, though, because I'm just thinking back to that windy game and uh, in the red zone uh, towards the end. And the third team safety for New England perfectly read Josh Allen. Perfectly read what his tendencies were and what he wanted to do uh, and stepped in front of that that pass. So I I don't know. I I know the second time around it was different. Um, But, I mean, this is getting very, very interesting with this game uh, and that matchup right there the third time around. Uh, Josh Applebaum. I mean, any, any news that you're hearing out there, though, in Boston about this matchup? Yeah, so I think uh, it was funny. They asked uh, Mac Jones if he was going to watch the game last night, and he said, no, he's not going to watch it. He's got too much homework to do. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're you know, making Belichick happy by that comment. But I would say the Patriots, uh, it, it's funny, Pritch. It's been so weird in New England where uh, everyone was so down on the Pats to start the year. Then they run off that win streak and play great, and everyone's, hey, it's, it's back to, you know, we got the new Brady, and uh, Belichick's got his magic again. But then you tail off during the end of the year. So the thing with the Patriots is I don't know what team they are. Are they the team in the middle of the season that mm-hmm. won all those games in a row? Are they that team at the beginning and the end that's really struggled? Either way, the, obviously the buy low, sell high would be buying low on New England here. But uh, again, Mac Jones in the cold, have you know, with a possession and the game on the line. Uh, we'll see what he's made up here, Pritch. But uh, I like, I do like the points here. He's doing his homework because they're changing up things, changing up the game plan, the versatility. Here <laughs> it comes. Here it comes. Okay, let's get to some plays that you have uh, in store for yourself, uh, and good luck with these plays for sure, Josh. What do you got? I appreciate it, Pritch. And by the way, I don't, if anyone swept the puck line with Colorado, they came back and won, but they couldn't get the empty net goal for us last night. Mm. So, uh, again, that's uh, it was a tough blow last night. But anyway, a couple games I really like in the NHL. To me, it's a big NHL and college hoops night. We talked to Greg Peterson about a lot of good college matchups. But uh, on the ice tonight, one game or two games that caught my eye, Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm going to lay with the Penguins here on the road against the Ducks. A lot of things to like about this game. Number one, huge line move toward Pittsburgh. They open at around minus 140 at most shops. Now they're, they're all the way up to minus 170. Uh, you've seen these um, road favorites, uh, minus 150 or more. They're about 75% so far this year. So this has been a spot that they've been pretty good in overall. Uh, you also look at uh, rest advantage with the Penguins. They last played on the 8th, whereas the uh, Ducks played on the 9th. Another one here, Evgeny Malkin. Uh, he's going to be coming back making his season debut tonight. That's a big boost here for the Penguins. You also have the Pens off a loss. Good team off a loss on the road favored. Some good angles there in a bounce back spot. Uh, Anaheim's playing their third game in four days. And Pittsburgh, 14-8 and eight as a favorite. And a good road warrior, 10-4-3 and three on the road. The other one I'm looking toward, Pritch, the Sharks. Look at the Sharks tonight. Pretty good move in their favor. They opened minus 130 against Detroit. They've been bet up all the way to minus 150, so a lot of steam coming here on San Jose. Uh, my favorite system in hockey, a home favorite off a win versus an opponent off a loss. It would match with the Sharks. That system is 76-28 and 28 this year, 73%. Uh, another rest advantage here, you're going to get Eric Carlson back for the Sharks. And this is kind of a bet against Detroit. They've been one of the worst teams on the road in the NHL, 4-11-2, and, and they're one of the worst teams as a dog, 7-18. and 18. So I'm going to lay it with the Sharks. I'm going to lay it with the Penguins tonight. All right. You know what? I, I, I see why hockey players fight. Uh, because Marshan <laughs> and what they did to his nose in that game, uh, I would want to fight too, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, and the Bru- – Unbelievable. 7-3 Bruins win there going yeah. up against uh, that journeyman goalie. And by the way, Marcian Pritch, I don't know if you knew this in Boston, he's known as the nose face killer. You know, you have <laughs> ghost face killer. He's nose face killer. So uh, there's a joke that the more, uh, more often his nose breaks and gets all screwed up, uh-huh. the more power, the more power he assumes and creates. So, so that happens. Killer, watch that, ha- out. that has happened to him more than one time then. 
Oh yeah. If you do a him and Bergeron, just, you know, zoom in on their no hockey players. They break, they lose their teeth, break their noses, Pritch. Uh, but it's a badge of honor. And yeah, don't mess up the nose face killer because he'll score multiple goals on you. <laughs> killer, not killer, but killer. I like it. Yep. Uh, okay. Then the NBA too, the association, you have some plays out there. Yeah, one caught my eye uh, total, actually, in the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Wizards game, uh, an underplay here, Pritch. Total open around 216. It's down to around 214. It's getting down to 213 and a half, so you're kind of getting the worst of the number at this point. But I hit this earlier today when it was around 214 and a mm -hmm. half. A couple things to like. Uh, Oklahoma City's been one of your best under teams this year in the NBA. Uh, they're 24 and 15 to the under. You have this under move, obviously. But also OKC, um, their pace is really slow. 17th in the NBA, and they have the worst offensive efficiency in the NBA, uh, 30th overall. And you look at kind of how these teams have trended, OKC 5-1 and one to the under their last six, the unders 4-2, their last six head-to-head. -head. So, again, you're getting dicey. You're not getting the best of it, uh, but I'm looking for a low-scoring game in this one. Uh, the other one, Pritch, if you're willing to pay a little juice on a money line play, Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves fully healthy. They're going up against uh, New Orleans tonight. They move from minus two up to three and a half. I'd be looking toward the T-Wolves tonight on the money line. All right. Outstanding information as always. Josh, highly recommend the Market Insights podcast. Josh Applebaum, catch that each and every day. Highly recommend the podcast of this show. Greg Hoops-Peterson gave out some incredible information. Uh, Vsin.com uh, slash podcast for all the shows for sure. Uh, but great job, Josh. I appreciate it, Pritch. I'm going to buy you a UGA sweatshirt, Pritch. Great call. I can't get over that. Awesome hit last night. <laughs> I want a I broke nose killer shirt, too, by the way. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. The Edge coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.